0: Morbius! Oh, happy with that. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> but it's not but Morbius the Morbius you're of? thinking of. No, no, it's the vampire. It's the living vampire. <laughs> I'm a
1: Morbius. Though no although probably not the one you were expecting.
0: Matt Smith is just gyrating near to me, which is optimum. That's what I want. Um So we put it's... that
1: line in the trailer or we put it in the description? I think um... maybe
0: straight on the TikTok.
1: Or maybe we just change the name of the podcast to Matt Smith is gyrating near me, which is Optimum.
0: <laughs> which is Optimum is in subtitles and italics. Yeah. Um, and maybe Which Optimum is also in quotes. The rest of it isn't in quotes because uh, it's a lie. But The, the, the Which is Optimum is. The podcast is called Which is Optimum. That's the name of the podcast. I don't think, think you understand for...
1: what quotes are. No, no, no. I, I... Yeah, but that's, n- I, that's not how they work. I
0: don't, and I've never read a line that someone else has said explaining what that is, whatever that word for that would be. Um Matt, the podcast is called Which is Optimum, but that is actually short for Matt Smith is generating next to me, which is optimum. And every time anyone says the word optimum, I think now for the rest of our lives, we are gonna think that's short for yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Matt Smith, is, Matt Smith gyrating. is gyrating near me, which is optimum. Yeah. And
0: then sometimes you'll say optimum, you know, will like, oh, what? Peter Capaldi is gyrating near me, which is optimum. No, 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 no. Sorry, it's, it's short for Matt Smith. I don't know why you're getting the Yeah. The
1: Peter Capaldi. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, stra- it's doubly strange, actually, because everybody knows the acronym M just in the term WIO. <laughs> WIO,
0: well, uh, yeah.
1: That's Whoa. the which is optimum. W I O. is my
0: reaction to popular Matt episode Matt Smith
1: gyrating near you
0: popular episode Wild Blue Yonder
1: Ooh, yes
0: that is not a segue by the way we cannot put that in at the start
1: I mean what if imagine
0: I I can imagine what has Russell T. Davis once said to Nick Briggs when Nick Briggs was like you should do a a, maybe adapt some Dalek Dalek Empire for TV spinoff maybe and Russell just went just imagine and that's it and now at big finish just imagine is just like what they say when something would be great but it's never going to happen
1: it, it, and how much of this is true, on a scale All of, of one to 10? Uh, ten? Ten. Right. So that's one hundred percent true. Ah, didn't those, say yeah, which those... one was one and which one was ten.
0: Oh, it's zero. It's five. It's five. I, I'm not play your game. Five is one hundred percent true, and it goes opposite directions. <laughs> it's like yeah. a it's like a unimodal distribution. Welcome back to Always Foolish, and today is another one of our special little 60th anniversary episodes. We're talking about the madness, quite frankly, madness, that was yeah. the second episode, Wild Blue Yonder. Obviously, you've got me, David, and Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello, Tom. Yeah, I knew you were going to it was, do that. It's an, yeah,
1: yeah it's an, a comedy open goal in yeah. the sense that it's not actually very good.
0: Oh, it's uh, just like Wild Blue Yonder. No, uh, Wild Blue Yonder. no. I don't, let's not even let's not even bury the lead i mean right? ca- this cards is... are,
1: cards on the table now that that was an amazing episode like
0: he pulled what we wanted from doctor who out of our brains like the egyptian yeah. when the egyptians were getting the brain out through the nose with a hook yeah. and then he filled the gap that was the brain with um with nothing but nothing was good in this case because it's the no things which were great
1: I'm really happy that with how this metaphor is going.
0: Metaphor, can keep, I could keep going. You could. My, and yeah. My want to not like this episode is like a dead horse alien floating, bashing into okay, the back so of the spaceship a, and the spaceship is... Okay, so it's is, not
1: the Egyptians anymore. We're not on the Egyptians anymore.
0: Well, the Egyptians knew horses. Some of them. Not all of them. Didn't they all it, you thought
1: Egyptians <laughs> knew horses.
0: It's ancient Egyptians knew some horses.
1: Uh, this they? is David Lee. That's David Lever, uh, one of the leading members of Always Foolish, uh, <laughs> and he's making the controversial claim: I think Egyptians knew horses. There, there
0: he is. He's being led away in handcuffs.
1: In the, um,
0: right. Okay. This is no less weird than what happened in the episode. Um, so to begin, it
1: is. I will just very quickly tell you that um, horses yep. were around in the later stages of ancient Egypt, but not the earlier ones. Horses How were do domesticated, you know probably. You uh, weren't that by being a histor- by being a historian. You don't know all history. By having read books. Oh, I can't read.
0: All I've had is Virgin New Adventures transcribed to me. Uh, by yeah. a wizard who lives in my local library. I think it might be Alan Moore. But he re- he would be so cool one Alan Moore
1: lived in your local library.
0: And reads. Well, that'd be quite sad, wouldn't it? I know he got well, yeah, ripped off by the comics industry, but it'd be sad him. if he couldn't avoid, <laughs> afford the house. That would even be rent. unfortunate. <laughs> I think Illuminations yeah. did quite well. I think he's okay. Mm. The man who made all of my favourite characters that aren't in Wild Blue Yonder. And I, I wish he, it made happened, you know? yeah, he made Frobisher. Yeah, he made Phobisher. I think he was he's vaguely involved with Phobisher because he was writing comics at the same time that Phobisher was on. Phobisher was on.
1: That that is a very vague that's a very vague involvement.
0: <laughs> John Constantine, I thought he was gonna be Wild Blue Yonder, but he was. but John Constantine in one comic once said the word blue. So I was like, Oh, it'll be in Wild Blue Yonder, uh, of Yeah, course.
1: That makes sense.
0: Wild Beyonder is, is super weird. I think the most important thing to do when we start talking about Wild beyond is for me to first review um, In the Bleak Midwinter, the new 8th Doctor box set from Big Finish. Oh um, now, it's a fantastic no, set, sort of vaguely set in mostly English history with um, a kind of strange time travel hook and uh, a colourblind cast person from history. I- I'm not sure if there's any analogues that we can make to to this but yeah really excellent set lady audacity montague really great new companion and i mean particularly the empty man quite touching quite heartfelt but genuinely quite scary and i was listening to it on a packed anti train and yet it was still unsettling anyway that has as much bearing on the rest of his episode as the introduction to wild blue yonder had on the rest of wild blue yonder
1: yeah, I, was... I mean, yeah, it did. did. You get that, that was what... did you get
0: that joke quite early on?
1: Uh, I, I had a feeling, yeah so, yeah. so I thought I'd just sing in the bleak midwinter. <laughs> Could you sing. describe it for the length of two more lines? Because I need to do. I need to finish oh, the verse
0: yeah okay i guess the pairing of Make lady dusty and charlie works really well because they're both from history but slightly different periods they act like big sisters and john Dorney's 24 doors in december is another one of john dawney's weird ideas that turns out to be beautiful and heartfelt and you know what jason watkins as a, ma- a mall santa from wolverhampton is something i didn't know i needed but i did nice i genuinely yes tom Jason yeah. Watkins plays a
1: mall santa <laughs> I I mean, I, I agree. I believe you. Uh, you shouldn't. I, so I like... agree, as I for some reason <laughs> it's was a five. saying.
0: It's a five on the truth scale. As we know, the truth scale goes from zero, which is not yep. true, to five, which is 100% <laughs> true, and then back to ten, which is zero, which is untrue. Yeah. <laughs> because the unimodal the distribution is truth. Yes. So, so, yeah. That is a good springboard, then, I guess, to start right at the start of Wild Leander. We're not going to go through yeah. the plot, but I feel like we have to talk about that opening scene in isolation and then the rest.
1: I think um, so, yeah. There is a bit of me that wonders whether this was um, whether this was a potential candidate that Russell wrote for the children in need scene before he decided to do uh, the oh, one with Moan instead.
0: Yeah, because Moan is quite a big name, but Nathaniel Curtis is a, who was playing Isaac Newton. Yeah, is a legit is gonna is a pretty big yeah. name now, but is going yeah. to be like Yasmin Finney. Massive. He's yeah. one of those actors that is gonna be massive. Um, when
1: I when I saw him, I did point at the screen and loudly shout, "It's Nathaniel Curtis!"
0: I and my did partner not. next to me
1: was like, "All oh, right, this is come on."
0: Me and the friend I was watching it with mostly got mad, very fact, very angry at the fact that that he was being nice to women, which he wouldn't have been because he was a bastard. <laughs> He'd have punched. I don't Mrs. know. Uh, in uh, the I mean, I've read a bit
1: about him. I don't think he'd have punched her in the face. He'd I think have that, punched honestly, her straight in the face. To be fair, I think Newton was just sort of <laughs> first, generally first unpleasant law. to everyone. Or <laughs> yeah, just difficult to everyone. <laughs> he was. He um, was yeah. I don't know whether it was misogyny necessarily. Um, no, I, I mean, no more just misogynistic sort of, probably you know, than the time.
0: But yeah, he was a massive yeah. dig. Um, but he certainly wouldn't have been that polite to her. He'd have probably been like, you will burn in hell for addressing me, woman. Um, Oh, no, he 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 wouldn't have said
1: that at all. His religious beliefs were very weird for the time.
0: Well, yeah, he was a sort of Protestant sect, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, so he was a Trinitarian, um, I believe.
0: Can I say my favourite asshole Newton fact? Yep. So when uh, two weirdos in a blue box showed up... so, my favourite uh, uh, Newton fact is the fact that one of the reasons, or the reason that we think we don't have any paintings of Robert Hooke, who was one of Newton's big rivals, and this is yeah, some yeah, historians yeah. don't think this is true, but, some, but I think a lot do, is that after Robert Hooke died, Newton basically got a knife and went and just slashed all the pictures of him in the Royal Society, which were all the pictures of Hooke. And that's why we don't know what he looked like.
1: That's very plausible, yeah. He was
0: such a vindictive man. I mean... It's yeah. like it's kind of amazing because I think a lot of the time you think you read a bit about someone from history and you're like, "Oh, they can't have been that bad." No, no, no. Newton was consistently a dick all the like yeah. as far as I can say all the time. Yeah, and that is the thing that's the problem with that opening scene, and not that Nathaniel Curtis is playing Newton because Nathaniel yeah. Curtis is fantastic, and we're lucky to have him in Doctor Who.
1: Yeah, I do hope that this is set up for a, a future episode about I Newton with Nathaniel Curtis because a be Newton is fascinating yeah, 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 as a definitely. as a figure b Nathaniel Curtis is great as an He's actor
0: he, I saw him in 222 a ghost story only a, a month and a half oh, ago yeah, yeah so I I, oh, cool. I I mean excellent in that I forgot that he was probably in that the, yeah the one that has to do most i will also
1: very stuff. quickly add that i initially yeah. heard you pronounce uh, 222 as choo choo choo
0: no that's the uh, that's, that's the, the go- musical yeah. about the Choo um, Choo Choo, choo, choo a Den- ghost
1: train story.
0: No. <laughs> I was going to go. That's the musical about the Densher's factory.
1: Yeah, I suppose so that would work as well. Very
0: different angles.
1: Very different kinds of chew. Absolutely. So Isaac Newton. <laughs> Isaac Newton. <Tutin>. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,
0: yeah. So yeah. So that was so that, that was a fun um, little scene. Yeah, I don't understand why it's there unless there is going to be a Newton episode.
1: Well, I don't know. There was another. Something else that I saw somebody suggest online, I can't remember who, uh, was that, you know, a classic genre of episodes, particularly in the Russell era, is the celebrity historical. Yes. What he's doing with uh, the Doctor and Donna in these three episodes is basically a really condensed season of Mm. uh, RTD-era Doctor Who. You know, Ah, big popcorn premiere. Sort of weird, weird dark thing in the middle. Um, (laughs) Yeah. and mm. then sort of big finale um somebody suggested like you know it's nice to be able to get an incredibly condensed celebrity historical in even if it is so, yeah, just
0: i have here the latest issue sorry that's the noise of me getting it i have the latest mm-hmm. issue of dr who magazine and the comic strip in cool. this one's really interesting because it's actually about three or four two panel or two page spreads separated across the issue of mini historicals Set oh, yeah. in the introduction to uh, *Wobbly Yonder*, they're set before ah. the Newton scene, and yeah. these will be effectively canon because that was the way that was the liberation of the Daleks is canon. It's it is like the thing that happens to the Doctor between Power and um, and Star Beast is is the dot two magazine comic strip yeah. was running, and this is going to be canon as well. So, it, and so when this one I'm looking at him is in World War One, and there's some flying aces. Uh, and then there's a picture of Shuta Gatwa. Uh, and then there's the cavemen. I've not actually read this yet. But yeah, so it's... So I think you're right, actually. I it's think just it a bit of fun, basically. And maybe... Yeah, and it was... Do you know what? It was fun. And yeah, I, I like the the Mavity thing. I like that that was a recurring yeah. joke. To me...
1: Yeah, me too. I really hope it continues to be well, so for the, the entire thing. rest of the Russell era.
0: I was wondering, or if this is like... They're gonna realise they've changed the course of history, and shooty's gonna to have to deal with this. I genuinely, because Russell, well, that's the basically, thing, yeah. before Wobblyonder came out, Russell said that this is one of the things that is would going be hint yeah. towards their future plans. It's sort of why, setting up uh, yeah.
1: a lot of stuff for Series fourteen.
0: Yeah, which is why I was reasonably expecting stuff that might set up Series fourteen, and as far as I can see, there was nothing obvious. Like I was not expecting. I mean, I was a little bit expecting Phobisher. I mean, obviously, I have no idea what's going to happen in Shooty's in series. I know that I, I can make a guess that the finale has the word terror in the title based on something else. He's actually given the title of one of the episodes. I can't tell. And obviously, if you haven't seen Tom, we're getting the Goblin song. Have you seen this?
1: Yeah, I saw I saw the we're Goblin getting... song. I haven't listened to the Goblin I listened song. To it. Is it the early? Goblin song out? Oh, no, it's not. it's not re- No, it's not released yet. It's, um, So just um, for those who but haven't it, it, seen. It will, be, it will be by the time we release the it. The Christmas special
0: though. is going to have a song in it. Sung by all the horrible little goblins. I love, it's just face I know. I love the horrible goblins. I think they look great. I love them. Uh, I wasn't a massive fan of the plot based on what the leaks were, but I'm entirely 100% sold now I've seen these horrible little goblins.
1: <laughs> baby blood and
0: baby bones, baby butter for the baby scones.
1: Yeah, I, I thought that. I, I also I thought that from the moment that I saw the Goblin song, I thought this is definitely going to appeal to David, oh, based so on stupid. the various times that you have subjected me and the our scorches. friends to weird songs from Big Finish. Yes, the Scorches, oh, the, scorches the, ri- so the river song good, song, oh, other The river song songs, like
0: whatever. No one cares about the river song song.
1: Has unresolved trauma from the river no, song song.
0: No, no, the river song song. He has to let the river song song go, right? Because you should tell him that it's no Gallifrey and buccaneer. That, that um, is a good song, and it's no the scorchies. And I'm trying to remember if there's another. I'm I'm sure there must be, but I can't I can't remember. Um. Oh yeah, there's um there's the one uh, very briefly. There's the sixth Doctor audio where the villain is a load of aliens who are crap aliens. that The Doctor doesn't remember stopping. Whose plan is to embarrass the sixth Doctor by staging a fascist musical and having him be in it. Um, and 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 amazingly and it guest stars martin o'neill he's like an incredibly famous um irish football player okay Uh, like but like not an actor like like really really not an actor Martin O'Neill is a northern okay, Irish yeah. football manager. He is incredibly famous. And he to football players. Like I mentioned to my friend do a like yes. Doctor Who and was like, Yes, I know who Martin O'Neill is like, he's just in this Doctor Who audiobook. They're like, why? And I was like, I don't know. They just got him. He was just there. <laughs> he's just one of the he he's not he's not an alien. He's a guy who wanted to put up a fence and the doctor <laughs> and the doctor like had a house nearby and he didn't like it, so he petitioned the council to stop him. This is... <laughs> it's one of the single most mad, dumb I like audios.
1: I'm, I feel like I'm going insane listening it's, to this.
0: Sony Night is not even that connected. to The overall arc is kind of about fascism and, and disability rights and stuff. It's a beautiful, amazing arc. It's the one with... Yeah, um, you've
1: told me yeah, this yeah, about it. It's the one it, with yeah.
0: um, Ruth Madley. Ruth Madley. we more of next, next week um, as, as Hebe Harrison. But my gosh... Uh, it's so weird. Anyway, it's no more or less weird than Marbley on the though. Either way, I think that's all I have to say about that original opening scene mm-hmm. I liked it um, and people were angry online and they should shut up I I, I have that. I liked
1: for. it uh, Russell, uh, I think was trying to make people angry online and <laughs> I think that's in a very good decision. I think yeah. that making those sorts of people angry online is as good a reason as any to put something in the show. Yep yeah. Uh, also, the gravity of the situation pun. I I found that very amusing because you see it I coming am from an old man miles. who likes puns.
0: <laughs> I mean, I love a pun, but it's more the Doctor yeah. and Donna's whole vibe of them chatting to each other. Like the yeah. gravity, don't, don't, um, and then the Doctor yeah. Valens and joins in. Also, you know that they, they yeah. weren't, they never filmed with Nathaniel Curtis, so that scene is Nathaniel oh, Curtis know? talking to himself. I saw this online. Yeah, talking to himself <laughs> under an apple tree. <laughs> <laughs> so weird but right whatever uh, okay so let's get on to anyway, the actual meat let's think about Leander. the actual the main what event stuff let's just list stuff we like that's how we're doing these episodes and then we'll do yeah. some stuff because I have a couple of things that I, I didn't like yeah much, do you want to start
1: us start us off I started the last one yeah
0: time. the whole vibe man like yeah Wobbly On a bizarre weird two-hander in the kind of vein of midnight it's not as good as midnight I don't think it, it's got too much show I think, or too much... Like, yeah, it shows a bit too much for it to be quite as good as Midnight, but it's still I mean, excellent. Midnight is
1: basically a stage play as, a, as yeah. an episode. This um, could have been. Yeah. In
0: yeah, theory, maybe. It's hard yeah, it to Yeah, it does
1: rely on sort of visuals yeah, to a much greater but, degree than Midnight does. But it's that but equally, kind of vibe. equally, it's not trying to be Midnight. It's doing its own... Yeah, it's thing
0: I, I think it is it is in that vein though. I mean it is I think Midnight is yeah, the closest analogue of Russell stories. And Midnight is the Waters of Mars is Russell. the other one
1: that I'd compare it to.
0: Yes, I agree. But I think I mean I've got an interesting theory about Waters of Mars, which is that I think Waters of Mars is the best it's not even one of my favourite episodes, but it is the best Doctor Who, Doctor Who episode. It's
1: definitely one of the best based under sieges. Beat and yeah. The show's ever done because, like yeah. Blink
0: and stuff, aren't normal. Is what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah. By the I mean, way, be fair, this... Waters
1: of Mars in the last ten minutes decided no, to stop yeah, being yeah. normal in a very ostentatious way.
0: That's true. Um, great, great improv. Too ostentatious. It's not relevant, but it is. Uh, cool. So yeah. So the whole vibe is just yeah. This weird, trippy. You don't know what's happening. As soon as the no-things are revealed, that immediately becomes apparent this is going to be effectively a a two-hander where they both kind of confront their demons. I love a a kind of, I'm the real one, though I'm the real one. Which one do I shoot? I don't know, both of them. Um, That's how I would resolve it. I have more than one bullet. (laughs) They they don't have
1: any bullets, David. (laughs) (laughs) I think you've been watching a different show.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm sorry. No, I'm thinking You've been um, watching Dr. Gunn. I have been a gun squad, so I was going to go, Dr. Hmm. Gun. Every yeah. every problem. It's like, instead of the side screwdriver, he's got a gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just, it, doesn't, uh, it, it was doesn't very controversial on.
1: last episode when he used the gun to make force fields. <laughs> yeah.
0: So many bullets. It doesn't work on wood. It does. It's a gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gun. He shoots the door. Have you seen there's the amazing Evil Dan? Um, they cut Evil Dan into... Um, into the scene from partisan in Crime with the window. And then when oh, yeah, the yeah, furious yeah. guards just shoot through the door, it just cuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's yeah. Um, kind of a couple of my likes, is the whole... I can't even describe it. It's just a mad, bizarre episode. And the fact that we yeah. just... Yeah, I mean, I'll David throw you another Hathen
1: comparison, take. actually. Go on. Um, is that what this reminded me of quite a bit is uh, Skirzo.
0: Yes, although don't say that to our, one of our mutual friends, because she unfavourably compared this to Scherzo and was like, Scherzo is way better than this. I mean, yeah, it's, it's this. Doing,
1: I, mean I, I I, think I agree, but also yeah, Scherzo is but... one of the best Doctor Who stories yeah, I've I, ever I, I, experienced. I re-listened,
0: I re-listened to it recently. It's actually way, way, way better than I remembered. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's just
1: sublime. But <laughs> yeah, good. I don't know. Yeah, this seems like Russell has listened to Scherzo... Played a lot of Among Us Perhaps. and oh my gosh, uh, sort, of, sort of just sort of messed around, messed us. around with the CGI uh, things uh, to see what <laughs> he can do, you, and you, do you made you that into an himself? episode. Yeah, I reckon
0: because that might be a one-man operation. Might explain some things about the CGI in this episode if Russell did it himself.
1: I honestly didn't mind the CGI. <laughs> we'll get on to uh, it. We'll, uh, we'll we'll I didn't mind that. some
0: of the CGI, but there is some of the CGI that's like, oh, we'll get on to it. But some of it is like, hey, you have Disney yeah. money do you have any more do you want so to go for a like for i like
1: the concept basically that obviously it takes a while to reveal the concepts but eventually when we see the doppelgangers um i will also very quickly add that i think this episode should have been called doppelgangers on the spaceship but that would have given them the <laughs> twist away that's a good one once we see them then the uh, the episode just absolutely flawlessly moves from one premise to the sort of next logical extension of the premise um mm. It feels like an incredibly pristine episode in that sense, conceptually. Yes. That, that it is based on just v- one very simple sci-fi hook of basically mimics. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll add another comparison, actually, that um, this was something I was going to say... Mimics that have memories as a broader as well. point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, something I was going to say as a broader point is that this... Uh, I know I said in the last episode that Starbeast does... Feel in some ways informed by the Moffat era. This feels incredibly informed by the Moffat era, and in particular by mm. Moffat's sort of weird scripts that he did for Capaldi. So Listen was the one that really Listen, stood out to yeah, me as I see a mean. comparison here. But also, also to a degree, Heaven Sent an extremist. Yeah, I was going to
0: say there's some. There's certainly the vibe, particularly of the reveal at the end, feels like the, an mm-hmm. extremist flip. Yeah. That's what that felt. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. And we mean this favourably
1: because we both love
0: extremists.
1: Yeah. We're extremists, extremists. Yeah.
0: We are. I would blow up CERN to make my point about how good that episode was. <laughs> we'll all go
1: together when we go. Seven. All fused in an incandescent light. Bet glow. you all
0: thinking seven. Bet you yeah, were. It's a simulation. Everyone's always thinking seven. It's everyone's favourite number.
1: David, shall we. Um... Should we recite a bunch of numbers together and then just sort of edit out the bit where we're explaining it?
0: Yeah. Uh, okay.
1: We. What numbers are we doing?
0: Do it in order.
1: <laughs> oh no, that's quite easy to guess. That would ruin.
0: Wait, let's do it. One, two, One,
1: two, three, three, four, four, seventy-six, five. <laughs> ah <I> got you. <laughs> We're not in a simulation! Oh, thank, thank God I guess we're real after all.
0: <laughs> Sadly. I was really excited mm, there to find well. out that I was in a simulation. I wouldn't like off myself. I don't care. Oh, the monks are going to use me to invade the real Earth, I don't care. I'm not in the real I'm, Earth, why, why don't I care? I can't
1: wait until we get to talking about Lie of the Land and I will explain to you my whole theory about uh, suicide, the monks, extremists and battle tactics.
0: I mean, I have my own theory about those things, but it's separate and available only in my manifesto. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the manifesto that we found in the cabin in the, wood- in the woods where I was last seen.
1: So, um, Listen is based on the idea of the perfect hider. And this, to me, felt like it was another sort of logical conclusion monster um, slash entity. That <laughs> not, it is the, the perfect mimic, basically. It <laughs> is something that, that will um uh watch you in action and will gain the ability to become more and more like you yeah um and yeah, we see it sort of passing through a bunch of different stages where the the nothings are figuring out just the existence of shape and then are starting to Physics. figure out things about psychology and how to um present themselves to other people, and yeah, it feels like. It feels like a truly existential threat to yes, reality, and right. in a way. And yeah, but, I mean... Yeah, if they get into the universe, then yeah, they, it does seem that there is absolutely no um, limit on what they can do once they've figured out how to do it. Stop
0: them. Right? I, I think, to me, yeah. they didn't feel like a threat that couldn't be stopped. They felt like a threat that would be very hard to stop, but that would you know cause yeah. massive chaos. One thing I want to add to that, it's not just that they watch and observe and learn because they don't they know stuff like they know what you know and they get that because the more they're in your proximity the more they know and that's actually quite unique in these kind of stories because usually the hook is they don't know what you know and that provides very easy plot mechanics but what russell's done here is take the deliberately hard route of the fact that they both that they know everything each other knows and the doctor and donna know each other so well that actually, it's sort of a disadvantage in some scenes that they know each other so well, especially in that last yeah. bit where the Doctor makes a mistake. Because the fact is that yeah. Mrs. Bean is funny because it is that—that that is why Mrs. Yeah. Bean is funny. Russell's got yeah. it right, and the not thing gets it right, and Donna in 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 sort Donna of theater, tries too gets hard. it wrong, yeah,
1: yeah, and that. I mean, I I, I... To be fair, the other reason why Mrs. Bean is funny is because of Rowan Atkinson. But yeah, I was going to say. And yeah. the idea of Rowan Atkinson's character being in a stable marriage—that's uh, a <laughs> hilarious concept in and of itself. Well,
0: it's definitely the woman who he tries to woo, but he gets the Christmas turkey stuck on his head.
1: Yeah, and Mr. Bean is an alien. don't
0: know where he comes from. He might have been a, a not thing. Maybe he, he's, really, he's a not thing. Yeah, he's badly. He's really, really bad at
1: mimicking us. He's
0: really, really. No, he's like oh. Teddy, your <laughs> Teddy, your arms are too long. Teddy's arms are mm. down to the floor. It's, no, t- or oh, Teddy disappears. He puts him down. Teddy disappears. Like oh, I didn't know that yeah. Teddy's still exist when you <laughs> stop looking at them. To uh, be
1: fair, maybe maybe this is what ha- would happen if one of the Nothings made <laughs> it to it Earth. Fi- It'd be They're, fine. Just hearing so many thoughts maybe would yeah. just disorientate them well, you know, to the degree that they'd end up the acting idea... like Mister Bean
0: that they call they'd cause so much destruction. Every time Mr. Bean's car pushes that Robin Reliant off of a car parking yeah. space, that's the not things declaring war on the universe. Oh, do you know what it is? It's the not things, but instead of hearing like all the the chatter of war that's what, you know, pushed yeah. them into into darkness and evil, they just like just road got a, I was going to say just got a massive concussion. <laughs> you just heard all the people with concussions. Yeah. <laughs> that's where they come from. Ah, uh, Mr. Bean as a not thing is one yeah. of my favourite bits. I'm,
1: yeah, I'm convinced by that. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, that's, that's absolutely my because as we know, he is an alien. That's canonical to Mr. Yep. Bean. So, and to be clear, just to be very clear, people are listening, that isn't a bit. He is an alien. Yeah, that that's, is true. It's, it's, it's in the a, it's, credits. There's a whole thing about it. Yeah, uh, um, and there's an actual episode of the animated series in which he flies off in a spaceship. Uh, anyway. Yeah, but the, so I, yeah. I, I love the idea of making it harder for yourself to write something as well. I just think that's great. I like yeah. Russell's clearly setting himself challenges. I do quite like the idea mm-hmm. that they heard war and became evil, but I do think like it. That's a bit. I don't think that's explored enough but
1: that's, that's it's that is not no and no. that's that's something I was going to bring up as well with regard yeah. to the title of this episode yeah that, go on then cuz i yeah, know about this so wild blue yonder um it's this uh it's this song with like military associations the doctor and donna discuss it a bit near the start then that doesn't really feel like it goes anywhere and i think that i no, think that that is very i weird. think that that discussion of why um why mrs bean was fine with them the children all singing it because it's jolly maybe then we're supposed to connect that to this idea that um war and anger and like violence and hatred and stuff travel further than love and uh, more visible maybe yeah. i don't know it felt it felt a little bit underbaked it's i think it's really I, I, weird i imagine like, that that was it's... probably a, a little bit clearer in the Script before it had start being cut down. I guess it's
0: quite a confused like the the fact that the Tardis plays that song as well is a bit random. I mean, I don't want to get into stuff I don't like now, but uh, as I'm already talking about it, Donna spilling her coffee on the Tardis cannot be the reason why the Tardis almost is destroyed. That is mad. That is yeah. What that is? I mean, you don't need to contrive a reason, Russell. It could be any. You can come of anything. It's Doctor Who. I appreciate what I like about that. There's a cool thing that I want to flip it as well because I hate. I really don't no, hate it, but I really don't like that. But I want to flip it on its head because actually, in many respects, it's Donna. Donna is the drive for the episode to happen, right? And actually, what yeah. you get from that, and this is another thing I liked, is that little scene right at the start where the Doctor does have a go at Donna. And you do get the yeah. sense that the 10th Doctor might not have done that. But the 14th Doctor, having been Peter Capaldi's Doctor, and Matt Smith's Doctor, is less inclined to not say, Donna, you're an idiot, you spilled coffee on the console. I mean, Donna should really put out, why the hell is your spaceship vulnerable to coffee that it makes?
1: <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, why, why is your why is your but, uber powerful godlike yeah. time machine vulnerable to <laughs> a hot just, drink
0: that's just that's just been built that's brand new? Yeah, uh, which could be a reason why it was vulnerable. But they didn't honestly, say I'm
1: that. I don't know. I'm I'm fine with it. Look, oh, ultimately, no, I'm not angry. The but... reason is because something needs to cause the story to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but as possibly in, I, there'll I've... be something next week about it, or otherwise, <laughs> Russell went for the. Ooh. Uh, Time-honored method of being like, I R. need an explanation for something. I'll make it a joke into. Yeah, I'll yeah. uh, make it a joke about Donna spilling coffee in the most be the... hilariously contrived and obvious way. What
0: if this is the hint to the future of Doctor Who and actually maybe it, so it is? Yeah, it's all about trying to stop coffee farming. <laughs> the um. Hmm. So, but I do think that it does mean that the plot is because of the Doctor and Donna and their kind of relative foibles as well. Like, it's Donna's fault because Donna's careless and spilt the coffee. It's the Doctor's fault for showing off too much when the TARDIS might not have been yeah. ready for that. Like, and indeed, when the TARDIS actually does the hands and disappears with the sonic screwdriver, that is also both yeah. their faults. They both quibble at each other for whose fault it is, but it's bo- absolutely both of their faults. Donna is too keen to get yeah. onto a new adventure, even though she's saying she isn't, and the Doctor is the Doctor. And yeah. wants to wander off, and so actually, it's quite yeah, clever absolutely. in that respect. It's very simple, but it actually, I think, has all these layers. So that's something I didn't like, but also liked. Do you want to have another? Do you have another thing?
1: Um, yeah, I'll say I'll say one specific thing as, like, kind of uh, representing the, the entire like mean, the big thing that I liked was the dialogue. Uh, just yeah, this is fifty minutes of the Doctor and Donna talking to each other. Yes, and it's sublime but in pati- but in particular there's one bit that isn't even really dialogue it's a monologue um the doctor's monologue about what might happen to the tARDIS um Aww. about the the city growing around it genuinely Beautiful. as I, as I was listening to that i was i was absolutely spellbound i was captivated but also a little part of my brain was thinking this i uh, was just sort of going back through previous episodes and thinking i can't remember the last time i heard an a monologue this good on the show or really on many other shows it's, it's it was touching, just a phenomenal piece of writing. It's
0: wonderful it's a brilliant sci-fi concept as well yeah um but the other thing uh it, it also i, I will
1: is... say I, I don't want to uh turn this into a stick to beat chibnall with but it felt like russell had watched the ghost monument and thought come <laughs> on I can do better. I can do better with this concept.
0: <laughs> Why didn't the doctor say "my beautiful ghost
1: monument"
0: when the TARDIS came back? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I, actually- I guess we'll never know. So, I, I mean, definitely don't use it as a stick to beat him with, because there's a second stick no. that you could bring up in terms of monologues here. Because, oh wow, Russell makes.
1: Oh the yes. Flux yeah, yeah. Work.
0: And listen, I actually, yeah. I think we're both say this. Flux is Jodie's best series. I I I definitely think that at least. Uh I actually think
1: it's, it's I'm not it. sure. I I'm genuinely oh, really? not sure which of Jodie's series is, I think is the best. Really? I think they've all got really interesting things going for them. I I like, think I think series 11 is the most interesting in some ways. Yeah, but in other um, ways series it's 12 the is boring. the most sort of standard. Series 12 is the most sort of functional as a series of television flux is the most sort of gripping i think
0: i think flux for me i think if i'm entirely honest unquestionably it's got the highest like quality of stories on Mm -hmm. average i also think the central hook of flux the flux is such a good idea either we're not here to talk about flux but i really like flux no we'll get but the thing that chris chibble i think stumbled at more than anything else is actually he set up a lot of really interesting stuff the timeless child whether you like pre hartnell doctors or not has potential to give some really interesting stuff we did get the joe martin doctor yeah, from it absolutely. who is so good and i i yeah. cannot wait for her big finish series it's gonna be so good uh, she's just yeah, excellent yeah. and so we got that from it but really the doctor never reckons with the timeless children Sort of deliberately, no. like, she's consistently avoiding talking to Yaz about it, but then she mm-hmm. needs to reckon with it with someone else, not Yaz. Um, and equally, Flux as well, right? So the Ood stops the Flux. We all kind of assume the Ood might have semi-reversed it. Clearly that's not yeah. what happened, or as far as the Doctor knows, that's not what's happened. You can easily yeah. reckon I mean, that think the
1: think To be fair, I do have some questions here, because surely it's got to be to a degree, because the Flux messed up the Earth and, like, the solar system. Like we see uh, it chewing up the solar system.
0: I I guess it just it just didn't, right? Yeah, I guess. It just didn't get the solar Actually, system. Actually
1: no, it didn't it didn't mess up the, the We Earth don't see it mess up. Because up the... ships, uh, yeah, I don't really uh, understand how it would
0: it. not get the solar system. But let's just say it just didn't get the solar system. I don't know where the moon was. Yeah. It's an egg though, so maybe it's immune. Uh
1: yeah. The Also to be fair, I don't quite know how a bunch of spaceships can um Stop I something actually, that is supposedly like actually, the dissolution of the entirety of I do like, reality and matter. They do,
0: they do say that.
1: Is it because they're the really flu- good dogs?
0: The flux is antimatter. They're such good boys. I'm not even going to entertain yeah. you, entertain this, Tom, because they're okay. bad boys. They shit. <laughs> they like shit indoors. That's one of their key, their key things.
1: Honestly, after <laughs> after all the nice things we were saying about Carvanista last week.
0: <laughs> yeah, Carvanese is not health trained. Uh, no, the the flux is antimatter <laughs> and the Lupari ships have shields that generate matter. So that's that's why they could do it. So that I appreciate you can't generate matter, but that is that's that's the explanation <laughs> given in the show. So I okay, actually sure, think that fine that works. Why no one else can do that, who knows? But uh I just think you can generate matter from energy. You just need an insane amount of energy. Yeah. But either well, way to
1: be fair, like the flux head. doesn't get stopped by chewing up like entire planets, so quite why um, a few spaceships worth of because they're really uh, good boys. Tom. Stop it? Okay, really good, good boys. Yeah. Yeah. Ha, really good your, boys. Yeah, If I
0: steal your I steal your argument, you can't fight it. Uh, yeah, and, yes, and
1: since you're but... and since you edit the podcast, you can make it sound like you didn't even steal it <laughs> from me in the first place. I'm gonna make
0: it sound like uh, Tom's just saying, "Wow, David, you are the greatest living." human, who has lived ever. Words,
1: words, 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 words,
0: I'm just going to change what you just said to just say words, 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 words.
1: Hamlet, Hamlet. I'm
0: going to change that to Hamlet, Hamlet. No, but so, the Doctor's little thing he says about how the flux destroyed half the universe and he blames himself, and the not thing Donna says, well, it's not your fault. And the Doctor says, I know, but he's clearly not any less upset by it. Uh, that's yeah. uh, it's just so true to the character, and it adds yeah, so it's many layers. I unfairly said it's what Chibnall couldn't do. That's not true. It's not true. Chibnall could have written scenes like that, yeah. but I don't think his focus was quite what, on the right I, stuff, and he just yeah.
1: didn't. I think it's what Chibnall didn't get round to do because um, he didn't. A lot of his episodes don't have that much time to breathe like this because yeah. he writes very, very plotty episodes where there's quite a lot of things going on. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's also a, there's definitely a, a certain sort of rustleness to the dialogue as well here. Definitely. Um,
0: the Doctor screaming at himself and like, you know, just getting so angry and upset almost without being pushed by anyone else to do so is a very like 10th Doctor, ninth Doctor thing to do, I think. Yeah.
1: Well, th- yeah. Although to be fair, the immediate comparison that leapt out at me when I saw it was, um, the end of death in heaven. Uh, with the doctor just going absolutely um, just sort it's of like getting incredibly speech, angry though. and sort of beating up the TARDIS.
0: When does that happen? Death, in, death in Heaven.
1: Yeah. Um after he goes to Oh, the when place he doesn't find Gallifrey Gallifrey. Yeah, yeah,
0: and he smashes the TARDIS. Yeah. That now that would be also just an, talking
1: about that has just reminded me weird, how much I absolutely love Death in Heaven. He
0: didn't just spill coffee on it, which is usually what they do to <laughs> punish the TARDIS, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> why didn't he just knock over a small cappuccino? He'd just been in a cafe with Clara. So oh no, you haven't. Yeah, been he should have just.
1: Br- <laughs> yeah. yeah. maybe he go. Maybe that's why he goes to the cafe to see Clara. He's uh, like, well. I need to get maybe a coffee. Maybe it's not oh, coffee. You're, oh, you're I know okay. the
0: doctor said it was a cappuccino machine. What if it was just like an antimatter machine? And that's why it's hard. this gets And he was up trying to
1: poison, he was secretly trying to poison Donna. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the difference between the 14th Doctor and the 10th Doctor. Yeah. 14th the, he's actually, a secret poisoner. <laughs> he's, he's like Thomas Young, famous British poisoner. He's,
1: in future multi-doctor stories, when he shows up and they're like, oh, <laughs> you, it's Sancho's and Grandad's. And Strychnine, uh, They're just going to be like, and you, the poisoner.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you, Johnny Strychnine. <laughs> honestly it would be um it would be one of like the elevens personalities like you've got the hypnotist yeah. the the serial killer the kleptomaniac and the poisoner who all yeah. are all times he's like doctor i'll finally get i've you. got a Please, solution i've one. got some tea drink your tea <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is an in joke no he's the one that, that got kidnapped. less trust yeah Oh no! Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, when clear. all
1: when all you have is a flask of poison, every problem looks like a person vulnerable <laughs> to poison.
0: Wow! What an incredible tangent! Can I? um yeah. Do you? Do, oh wow! So I've done the flux. I thought the flux was really good. Do you have another another thing yeah. you liked? I've got a couple more.
1: Um. Uh. Well. Well. Yes. I've got loads and loads of things. Um. Oh, God, the the, the mystery. The mystery going on throughout okay, the whole this thing. This is
0: my next one. So yeah. Cool.
1: This is your next one, yeah. Yeah, so okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, the mystery that we're Skirkado. being fed bits of. Um, the yeah, the Bonk-tube. slow countdown of um, yeah, Fen- uh, Fenmore, Collins, Bright, Trempety, and I can't remember all the Whatever other I, ones. All the,
0: all the things I just said, those ones, Vermont. I said that twice, yep, yeah, sure.
1: Vermont is two mm-hmm. of the
0: numbers. Two numbers yeah. of Vermont. It's, making it's a very, conf- it's a very
1: confusing culture. Yeah. It's a <laughs> remarkable Sanders. they have managed to build a spaceship.
0: <laughs> Bernie Sanders has a love-hate relationship with this culture. Yeah, I like how much um, they're talking about Vermont, but I don't like about how much they're blown up spaceships. I thought it Was not bad, Bernie Sanders. But whatever.
1: Yeah, I'm just sort of letting it land. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting mystery. Um, the clues sort of are there. The idea of the the really, really slow oh, um, way of stopping it's amazing, them. I isn't absolutely love that. Thought that, it's yeah, so I thought that was absolutely genius. It, it's it's yeah. one of
0: those things where it's so narratively satisfying because it's staring you in the face, especially because the doctor literally says it. It is that's yeah. the most narratively satisfying thing. Is something you could have worked yeah. out from the beginning, like Heaven Sent. I think is you can you can basically guess from the beginning. You know he's been teleported in. Kind of what I guessed what was happening in Heaven Sent in the first. Eleven seconds of having said It's not a told, joke.
1: You've told me this quite a um, lot of times. And it's
0: annoying, but it's so narratively satisfying. And it's it, mm-hmm. Russell just I can't think of another episode yeah. that he did that's got that kind of twist revealed that's so so amazingly yeah, I'm not sure I can... um just feels so good.
1: Yeah. That, yeah, this is a high concept episode in a way that Russell yeah. often didn't do when he was showrunner, mm. I think because I think at least partially because he was having to do all of the sort of the the other episodes, the the finales and the season premieres. What what seems
0: to be clear is that Russell, in doing a short series, seems like he's doing more unhinged episodes. Because we know the name of, of, I think it's Shooty's second episode, which is like the death chord or something. So I'm guessing that's the Mm. musical episode. I don't know if Russell's written that, but he's certainly written. What like episode four? I mean, yeah, I wish Russia's I Russia.
1: wish he'd called it the secret chord, but maybe there's yeah. Maybe I, mean, I like, can find out what it's there. Um, Yeah,
0: give me a minute. I want to find out because uh, I can correct myself because I definitely said it wrong. So we know that one of the episodes in the second sorry, we know that one of Russell's episodes next season is called the Devil's Chord, which I would guess is the nice. music episode. Uh, I, yeah my... that makes
1: sense and there is there is I believe there is already a thing court. known as the devil's cause well there's
0: that there's a massive thing as well although it's episode 2 it said so and I'm pretty sure that Russell wrote episode 4 but he might have it in episode 2 as well the um but either way like these feel like he is giving himself more time to do like yeah. a meat and potatoes one, and he sometimes did but sadly the like one of the ones for instance that he did that's like standalone was Love and Monsters and that didn't go down that well I appreciate opinions do vary done. And um, Midnight, though, uh, yeah. is another example of one of these ones yeah. that's pretty standalone. And to me, the other
1: the other example I'd give as well of uh, sort of R- Russell doing something experimental is Gridlock. Yes, uh, which I also think oh, yeah, very very good.
0: Brilliant. Um, oh, I love Gridlock. Oh, Gridlock's so good. The um, it is. But I totally agree. Basically, he has de- he delivered something so. Excellent. And what I really liked was the in the promo material, it was all about the robot. Who is this robot? What is this yeah. robot? We assumed the robot be stopping around, probably firing lasers. I thought maybe he'll take us to Frobisher. Where's Frobisher? Um, hmm. And instead, the robot basically doesn't move. It's yeah, and, but it is the solution. It is the detonator. I love. Yeah. I, I don't know if you were going to say this, but as I'm already talking, I'm going to say it anyway. The Might idea well. that This is something... And this is something they should have capitalised on more. They do it a little bit, but not enough. This is a plan the Doctor would find hard to understand because the Doctor is not a slow person. They rush and they Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Particularly in Jodie. I mean, Jodie as a character, one of the things I really thought they should have lent into is the idea that Jodie finds it really hard to stay still because I think the the 13th Doctor, that kind of actually... Adds a lot to like the stuff where she struggles to form these emotional connections because she struggles to stop. And again, and Matt Smith's Doctor as well, although he does stop for chunks, but you know, has that kind of vibe. Yeah, and I think,
1: I mean, yeah, it's something that I do like about uh, then that Jodie's Doctor is then sort of um, the old classic pattern of Doctors sort of being a reaction against the previous one that Mm, the Twelfth Doctor is very very prone to slow down and take time. He spends he spends the whole night on Daryllium with River. He yeah. teaches at the university for like a century or whatever and is prepared to be there for a thousand years watching over the vault. And then, Absolutely. yeah, going from that to Jodie's frantic energy and years. just not being able to stop, then, yeah, yeah works it, very again, well.
0: Again, I mean, obviously we'll talk about more about Jodie and, and when we talk about Jodie episodes, but yeah. I, having read some of her comics and some of the books with the 13th Doctor... She works really well, like she just does when mm-hmm. given the right material. And I think that one of my favourite 13th Doctor books is um, is a book called The Good Doctor, which is that it starts with the Doctor sort of yeah. freeing a planet from tyranny, and then they come back about 25 years. It's Juno Dawson, so he's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, everything Juno Dawson writes is pretty good. And then they come back like 25 years later, and the consequences of the them liberating that planet are negative and the doctor then mm-hmm. has to deal with the fact that she has effectively enabled something by basically leaving quickly uh because that's yeah. what she does and that that's that's that came out what the the same day as the woman who fell to earth so like that is straight up in that character and it, it yeah. applies here and i like the idea that the fourteenth doctor is a fun blend of the last kind of that's how i'm seeing them a fun blend yeah, of ten, eleven, twelve, 12 and 13
1: yeah uh, it it is an interesting bit of characterization. Yeah. And yeah, the the slow bomb is is brilliant. That he he yeah. can't work it out. It's brilliant yes. that the the nothings can't work it out because Until he
0: works it out as well. But so I got yeah. To get... but, but also just because
1: this is yeah because it's sort of it's similar to putting things down and they still exist. It's like this person is gone, but they still developed a plan that just happens yes. incredibly slowly. Object and the other thing I'd add, fault. sort of alongside that, is the. Just the sort of the image of this robot walking incredibly slowly down an incredibly <laughs> long corridor. It's great like, isn't it? over the span of I mean, the amount of the distance there. Like this robot has been walking for years, maybe. Yeah, I so think what, it's three years, right? It's it's yeah, yeah. It's a spectacularly I don't know, it's a really poetic image in a way. It is. And do it's you know something what to me? that it's the kind of thing I would very
0: meaningful. Well, it is, right? It's it's about the fact that slow, tiny little increments can lead to something massive—that it's—it's it's quite a simple message, but I think yeah. it is that. And in some regard, that is the story. That's the story of so many things, but it's the story. it's the story of my my life and my social development, as an example. Little social yeah. events, little times, as an example. You know, if I I actually really enjoy like going out now, like to clubs and stuff and clubbing and mm-hmm. that's something that's happened over years of me slowly doing things like that but with doctor who it's the story of doctor who as well like doctor who was slowly yeah, it yeah. built itself into what it is with new bits being bolted on yeah it's it's, very and it's also poetic. the
1: story of it's also quite closely tied into this episode and the ways that the doctor and donna recognize one another are these incredibly small subtle things yes there's very rarely an obvious sort of an arm well, that's too long. Yeah, rotten. only
0: only the first, only the first one. Yeah. Although actually, also not thing Donna does just melt herself to be like, ah oh, ha, ha yeah. not the not thing. So that one, that one's sort yeah. of cheating because the doctor had been foiled. <laughs> had been fooled. Yeah. Actually, I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about the slow plan. Go on, yeah. It manages to be sad. For a character you don't see. Yeah, it does. It's quite poignant. I feel sad for the the captain. This captain slowly bonking on the outside. Ow.
1: Yeah, floating on the very edge of the universe.
0: It's also slow as well in that respect. It's sort of like the robot in another respect, you know, just slowly hovering there. Talking of the edge of the universe, that spaceship looked incredible from the outside. And the edge of the universe is such a good concept. It's so it evocative, so spooky, that is the true wild blue yonder, really,
1: yeah, the I think into so the idea of the complete unknown, yes, the complete sort of absence of anything, yeah, and that I think might well be something that we are seeing see again it could it could it could be as you say, as you said, I can't remember whether we were recording already by this point, it could be about the toy maker, this idea yes. of invoking a superstition on the edge of the universe. The walls being weakened, things like that. That could be pointing to the Toy Maker coming. But also this could be the thing that Russell mentioned as uh setting things up for series yes. fourteen. And I I personally think it's that. I think that season series fourteen is going to be a much more magical, fantasy ish yeah, sort of show I, than the science I, fiction we're used to. I we know we've got so. goblins, we know we've got Jinx monsoon playing some possibly Musical like themes, godlike being. Villain. Um
0: Mel. A magical creature in her own right. Yeah, will be in it. Yep. um The goblin song, been summoned of from beyond the
1: universe.
0: Yeah, yep. <laughs> that's who was invoked. Bonnie Langford yeah. comes screaming back into Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I would agree with you there. I think in retrospect, it, it's. I don't think it's anything we can work out. That's the thing. I think we all, or at least I assumed, it would be something really obvious, like it's set on Gallifrey. Yeah. Um But in fact, I think it's going to be. It might even just be tonal. But I think could be. It, or it might just be, these are the kind of stories we're going to tell more of. Uh, yeah, which oh, is be fantastic. I'd be delighted uh, by that. We do need to spend a little bit of time on some stuff we're not as keen on. That so, is but, true, so, yeah. Which means that we have to very briefly touch on a very, very important thing we do We do like. I'm just going to speak for you, because I know you do. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, Wilf, Wilf, Wilf. Oh. Didn't yeah. expect him. I thought he'd be in the next episode. No. He, uh, it is wonderful to see him. It's such a touching scene. Desperately sad that he passed away so soon after.
1: Tears did from come Russell. to my eyes during that whole scene, and then with the um, the credit to him at the end. Yeah, it was, and when yeah, he sees the doctor,
0: see that you can feel not just the warmth in Will, but the warmth in Bernard Cribbins. Yeah, to see David Tennant to redo a job he loved so much. Yeah, it's it's wonderful, and that scene in of itself is is worth the episode. It just it's Absolutely, yes. it's it's so. I mean, all the the scenes with the Doctor and and Donna in in the TARDIS at the end is very touching as well. But that and that mm-hmm. adds that just adds to it. It's it's beautiful. And you know, thank you, Russell, yeah. for giving him that chance. Thank you, Bernard, for coming
1: back. Thank you, Bernard Cribbins, for everything. thank you Bernard Cribbins
0: yeah. for being Bernard Cribbins. And and just you know, I have yeah. friends who, to whom Wilf means so much. And I like Wilf, yeah. but it reminds me. I think I don't like the end of time that much. But watching that scene reminded me of the the best parts of that, which are just is just yeah. Wilf. It's all about Wilf. Yeah, yeah.
1: Wilf is what I am looking for. Yes, oh, as they yeah. say at schools.
0: So, moving on from that touching bit, I think talk about some stuff very briefly that we maybe weren't as keen on and how we might improve that. I alluded to it earlier. I am just yeah. gonna say it. That long corridor looks terrible it looks it looks clearly cgi i really 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 like do it and i watched it on a bad tv as well like not on like a 4k mm-hmm. tv the rest of the cgi like so the cgi of the spaceship outside
1: looked incredible that looked brilliant a Just, lot of the not yeah.
0: things look really good the i mean oh i didn't mention in the things i liked the first scene where the not things reveal themselves is so oh genuine. yeah that's amazing yeah, yeah. We, we had to imagine i had that. a Sorry. i
1: had a feeling it's it's, oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's perfectly you know, written in the sense that you realize it slightly before it becomes obvious. You do as, as
0: well as soon as they as soon as he came in and his facial expression was a bit weird. I was like, "That's not the doctor," because there has to be. A yeah, I had in a this. suspicion
1: as well. Uh, yeah,
0: but yeah, the the arms are prosthetic in that actually, so they're not effect. And okay. and I do think some of the CGI effects on the not things, particularly when David Tennant contorts over and his head comes for his own legs. I, mm. If you rewatch that, and I've seen the episode twice. I, it looks unbelievably bad like i genuinely it's because it's floating it's not it's not like state it doesn't look like his head's there it looks like his head's been photoshopped on which it has yeah so there's little patches of CGI. which the problem is i've we've been set up this is my opinion set up to think this is all gonna look so great whereas if this <laughs> was in joe's era, i'd be much more allowing exactly but the disney money so that's what i would say about about the cgi i don't want yeah, fair enough. Too hard it's not something
1: it. that really stood out to me yeah. when i was watching it but i was talking to the secret third member about this and honestly i can't think of any time where on a first viewing of an episode i've thought the cgi is bad no uh, my sister but
0: my sister did was like why does it but like, there's a point where my sister turned to me and said why does it look worse than it used to and she meant like Capaldi <laughs> era because um. she didn't watch ajodi so yeah, right. I don't. I didn't agree with that, but I did think the corridor. I mean, it's amazing they've got a green screen studio that huge because it is massive. Yeah. Uh And they there's a great clip of how they were doing the running scene at the end with a big treadmill. Yeah. It's like a huge one. So that's that is great. But yeah, yeah, I did think the corridor looks a bit whack. Do you have something?
1: I'm not a hundred percent convinced. I can. I'm open to being convinced by the the resolution, not of the the slow bomb, but of the two donors. Yeah. That um. The doctor noticing that her wrist is zero point six millimeters too long. Zero point zero yeah, six millimeters too yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it's I, I don't mind. Long. I don't mind about the implausibility of it. That's fine. The doctor can do weird things, and it's it's a nice character moment in that it shows that he knows Donna very well. Yeah. But also, it does seem a little bit convenient. It it should know.
0: have been something she a said. A character thing. Something she did, yeah, really to make it. I appreciate Russell kind of ropes up yeah. to the corner that they know everything at this point, but I think zero point yeah. zero six millimeters. It, you can think up something that was like present earlier on in the episode, maybe her jumpers back to front. I don't know, uh, or even her arm is actually too long, like an amount that we could notice. That's quite a simple fix. Yeah. you just it is. That. Yeah,
1: it's um. Th- there are there are other ideas out there, and yeah. yeah. And it doesn't ruin it too badly. I was going to say, it's not a million miles away from the fact that the only way to resolve Midnight is actually to chuck the creature out. Yeah. Um, But also, that's sort of built up throughout Midnight. It's clear that that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Why does. This feels like a little bit like Russell's first. What were you going to say, sorry?
0: Oh, well, I was just going to say two, two potential ways of doing it. One, he just turns to her and says, Mrs. Bean, and she doesn't laugh. One. Two, the Knit Doctor it? knew it was the Not-Thing deliberately and he was timing it so that, for some reason, I don't know what the reason would be. But Yes, yeah, to, to be to, fair, to I did of... sort
1: of wander that at the time a little bit yeah. as well as I was watching it. I was like, why has the Doctor chosen the Not-Thing once we yeah. see that it's Donna? Okay, just the so TARDIS being moved around like it's on Casters is amazing.
0: Uh Yeah. That's the, so, I mean, to be honest, I don't have any more things I don't like in that episode. Like I no. it's those two minor I absolutely love that episode. Yeah. Do you have any more little bits for the last um couple of minutes?
1: Um ooh, I had else? one more tiny uh,
0: thing, but it's not from the episode, really.
1: Um uh, I loved when you put things down they still exist. Yes, that's, that's great so that, That's a statement full of <laughs> full of thematic resonance I feel as well. That's, that's Oh, uh,
0: with Russell coming back, you
1: mean? Maybe, yeah.
0: That's one thing, yeah,
1: yeah, oh. yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't thought about the full uh, <laughs> ramifications of that, but that that feels like a statement that mm. has a lot of meaning in it.
0: The friend I was watching with this with said a couple of things that were interesting. One was mm-hmm. this would have made a much better audio. Don't know if I agree with that, but I see what they were getting at. There's something very big finish about it. And
1: two, there is, but then a lot of the ways that they find yeah, them yeah, out yeah, are yeah. visual, the visual ones,
0: stuff doesn't which wouldn't work. work. Uh, two, yeah. the bit where they get stuck in the corridor, while I loved it and it is weird and mad, does make them less scary. Because they are hilarious. It, it does no, a little, all little all bit, things. but it also... Yeah.
1: That's, yeah. But it makes, it makes them, them feel less... It makes it more though, surreal, right? horror. Yeah, it, it makes them yeah. more
0: ethereal, and less like yeah. they don't the physical laws of the universe they don't understand them they could just do anything yeah. they could just turn I to us I think go weirder turn them into like a Picasso sculpture at one point like that sort of stuff I, I think they go harder yeah. on that the yeah have them go two thing, dimensional
1: at one point take oh, a leaf that out of flatlines so book.
0: good that have been to that yeah. I would have made this much weirder the one last little thing to say before we finish is that Russell did say in an interview I think I might have made a bit of a mistake because by saying nothing I think people might think Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi and all this are going to show up. And I would say, Mm -hmm. I think that based on some of the other stuff he said, it was a reasonable expectation that in this episode, there would be references to stuff or like pictures. I wasn't expecting like, or maybe even a surprise guest cast member. Not like a big one. I wasn't expecting another doctor. I don't think it Mm. was an unreasonable expectation. Um, Especially because he did tweet that penguin emoji. So it could have been Frobisher. But that's besides the point. But Mm. that's what I would say. And I would say that Russell probably crossed his wires a little bit um and by maybe not a giving... little bit
1: i can see why um, they weren't promoting this one too much because oh absolutely because uh, it takes such a while but to get to the premise you don't want to ruin the, what this the is, premise this the is the
0: weird one it's quite standalone uh, yeah that that is really what he should have said if he'd said that everyone know it has echoes for series 14 if he'd said that boom you've got it yeah. you don't do more. no one's gonna expect anything uh roll on the giggle which hey toy maker really can't wait it looks great bring it on so unless you have any final closing thoughts tom i guess that will do us for
1: this week. i think that will i think that will do as well i'm really looking forward to the giggle and uh, my headphones <laughs> just said battery low at me so <laughs> i, I could do it as well. <laughs> I, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot more material to copy this time next week
0: Thank you very much, Tom, and thank you very much, listeners, for listening. Please thank you, thank us you, everyone, for on... listening. This is yeah, it's been fun. Follow us on all the social medias. We're in the description. Uh, we're Instagram, we're on TikTok, uh, we're on the Evil Bird app, we're on lots of things. So yes, please share with your friends yeah. and please rate on iTunes.
1: It really, really helps. yeah, that does me that mean that means a lot. I, I hope you can appreciate the mavity of our request.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs> At least baby blood and baby bones, baby butter for the baby scones. That's little gold. baby feeds, little baby. Amazing. Bones. No, it's not what do we do? Babies have such very bad luck. Now into baby, we will suck. Eat the baby add some salt. Bailey's only powdered melt. No baby salt says she's a treat. Her destiny is time to meet. Baby be we weenie-